I'm Davo. And I'm Steve-O. And you are listening to the Y Factor Podcast. Woo! Yeah! So to all our listeners, welcome. We are prepared to deliver you another one of our whys. We aim to answer all questions big and small in this world by asking the simple question, why? We aim to use facts to draw our own conclusions and speculations to solve these questions. So, Davo, obviously we've just had the Mid-Autumn Festival, which I'm sure you and I both celebrated, and that involved, you know, eating a lot of mooncakes and spending time with the family. But, you know, I was always curious, mate, that, you know, why why do we eat mooncakes for Moon Festival and why do we do it, you know, in the months of September and October, which, from my memory, it's always been those two months every year. That's a really, really good question. Yeah, so to those of you who don't know, Mid-Autumn Festival is a festival which is celebrated in many countries in Asia. And the festival basically happens in September and October because it corresponds to the lunar calendar rather than the solar calendar, which is the Gregorian calendar that we use uh, officially. Um, the lunar calendar has a slightly different uh, number of, I think, hours uh, and days slightly different compared to the Gregorian calendar. And as, as a result, um, the, the days of the year change every year. So that's why the 15th, the Mid-Autumn Festival is normally celebrated on the 15th day of the 8th month. And the 15th day of the 8th month always happens to have a full moon in the sky um, as well. Yeah. Um, and the Mid-Autumn Festival was something which has been celebrated for thousands of years uh, across Asia. And by that, I mean China, Japan, um, Korea, Vietnam. And I, I believe in, in overseas communities in Singapore and Malaysia, they also celebrate it as well. So just to clarify for our listeners, uh, a separate calendar that originated from East Asia uh, called the lunar calendar and that it's celebrated on the 15th date uh in the eighth month of that calendar is that right david correct and um like i said the as i said before the differences in terms of recording the dates in the lunar calendar rather than the solar calendar means that every year the uh the, the date of mid-autumn festival falls on a different day in in our um, gregorian calendar uh, every year so that's why it can be sometime in september this year it could be sometime in october next year and then it could be sometime in another time in october the year after and so on but generally speaking it would be in these two months september and october uh, according to the gregorian calendar yes and um an explanation to for the mid-autumn festival as well is that in asia the eighth month of the 15th day of the eighth month is the middle of autumn you know, September and October in the Northern Hemisphere is the middle of autumn, and it is a harvest festival where the where a lot of the I guess the the traditional agrarian societies back in the old days would have produced perhaps the peak of their crops. They would have harvested a lot of crops at that time, and it would be a great time for a lot of people um, because they have managed to. Uh, you know, collect a lot of crops, which would last them a long time and provide for them, but in terms of food and also financially as well. Oh, okay. So 
it's essentially it's to celebrate the harvest, right? Uh, so, and then that's how the festival came about. Yeah, but there's also another element to it, and like I mentioned earlier, the the Mid Autumn Festival follows the lunar calendar, and there is a very very important aspect of the Mid Autumn Festival, which is the rever- which is revering the moon. Yeah. Uh, and the moon is a very core symbol of the Mid Autumn Festival. Uh, it's basically inseparable, actually, because there is a very very good story behind why the moon is so intertwined with the festival itself. I think I've heard about this story before. Something about a rabbit. Yes, yes. So I am about to explain why during Mid Autumn Festival the the food item called a mooncake is eaten. And if you ever visit a like a Chinese supermarket anywhere in the world around that time of the year, they will always sell mooncakes. And mooncakes are like this pastry which is incredibly yeah, incredibly diverse in, in terms of what the fillings, um, but they tend to be quite oily. Um, but they're very, very tasty. They're very tasty. I agree. It's the mooncake is really tasty, and for all listeners out there who've never had mooncake before but have heard of the name, uh, it does not contain pieces of the moon. It does. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to scare them off. Yeah, nah, but yeah, I would say that if you haven't already tried it, do try it. It would be cool though if it did have pieces of the moon. Oh, if it did, I would probably eat it for its nutritional value because. Yeah, the, the moon is a planet or, you know, asteroid in the sky, which is able to sustain itself for so long by itself. So, you know, if I could eat that, I could, I could be, I could attain, you know, immortality. Oh, definitely. And plus the moon, I've heard, is composed of, you know, many minerals as well. So obviously those minerals would give you a lot of nutrition if you ate them, right? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. If I, if I had it, I'm going to stop my protein shakes uh, effective immediately. Yeah, exactly. Just ditch them. Waste the money. Yeah. But um, funny yeah, funny you mentioned the value of the moon. Uh, there is actually, in the story of the Mid-Autumn Festival and why it came to be, there is actually reference to the fact that the moon is immortal. And I will I will explain that, that what you mentioned in relation to, yeah, it's uh, the story of Hoi and Sang'e. Yeah. So uh, there are several different there are several different stories in relation to this like it will feature the same characters however there are many versions of this story and i can't say that i can verify the authenticity of all these stories yeah but i will tell you perhaps the one that i know the best and i yeah if you have a better version or that you know another version feel free to let me know I'm sure your version's the best one. Ah, oh, thank you. Means a lot to to the moon when you say that. Yeah. So Ho Yi was a man, and he was an excellent archer. And Tang E is a woman, and he is her wife. She is uh, she is his wife. So according to this mythological story, in very very ancient times, there were period in which there were ten suns in the sky. And we don't know exactly why there were 10 suns in the sky. There are numerous explanations. However, basically the the danger of the 10 suns is that they were too hot and they would burn all the plants and living beings uh, on the earth and everything dried up. 
it's already really hot with one sun, so I cannot imagine what ten suns would be like. Yeah, it'll be like um, yeah, it'll be like living in a pit of lava uh, every day. So obviously uninhabitable. People are dying, and yeah, it's it's a massive travesty. So Ho Yi being being an excellent archer, he used his bow and arrows to successfully shoot down nine of the suns, and uh, that was an astronomical feat. I think he was perhaps the best archer of his time. And by doing that, he saved all the people on Earth. And he was. So he was a hero. A hero for saving everyone by shooting down nine of the suns, which I can imagine would make you quite a capable archer. Yeah, I, I would I would like to think so. Yeah. And and by doing that, and by saving saving the world, there, there is a person called the Queen Mother of the West, and she is a one of the one of the Chinese goddesses. Um and she being very grateful for his contribution, uh, gave Ho Yi um, an elixir. Uh, some versions say it's a tablet, some say it's a drink, but it's an it's an elixir of immortality. And that can only be given to one person. I, I personally believe it was a tablet. It was a ta- it was a tablet or a ball, a small round gumball like object. Easy to digest, obviously. Correct, correct, correct. And once yeah, once you swallowed it, you would become immortal. However, the this is this becomes an issue because Ho Yi is married. He's not a single man. He's not a bachelor. And he loves his wife and his wife loves him. And if he became immortal, then he couldn't stay with his wife and his wife would wither away. Uh, and he would be around forever. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, he he, he didn't want to yeah, betray her in that respect. So he didn't drink or consume the elixir. Uh, and he told his wife, Tanga, to keep it safe for him. Mm. And Ho Yi became very famous because of because he shot down the, the Nine Sons. And a lot of uh, people wanted to work, wanted to learn archery from him, and they became his apprentices. Uh, most of them were good apprentices. However, you know, like, like all things, um, there's always... Uh, you know, someone who's not so, not so good-intentioned. And one of his apprentices was a guy by the name of Pong Mun. And he overheard one night Ho Yi discussing the elixir with Chang Er. So he heard overheard the conversation. And by doing that, he discovered that there was an elixir which could keep make him immortal. And one day... So uh, he... I'm guessing he might go and take it for himself. Ah, I wish you could tell this story instead, because that is exactly what he what he did. Um, Ho Yi went hunting out with his with his students one day, but Pangman uh, pretended to be ill and said, "Ah, oh, I'm too sick. I gotta stay at home." And then <coughs> Ho Yi's like, "Okay, yeah, no worries, mate." And then once Ho Yi had gone off, Pangman went to Ho Yi's house. And basically forced, tried to force Tang er to give him the elixir. And he, you know, he gave, he had threats of violence and all sorts of unspeakable horrors and that he made to Tang er. And Tang er being, you know, um, knowing that Pangman is like a big guy and knowing that she couldn't physically overpower him. Uh, she knew, she, she, was, she was holding onto the elixir and she was by herself and she knew basically that this guy any minute now would 
would raid the house and find it and drink it for himself. So instead of letting it go into his hands, she rushed to find where the elixir is and consumed it herself. Oh, no, you're kidding. Yes. Yes. So she, in order to stave off this robbery, she had no choice but to consume it herself. And by doing that, what happened was that she gradually started floating into the sky. And uh, what happened was it took her gradually higher and higher until she stopped on the moon. And she, having consumed the tablet, is now immortal. And I guess the Ho Yi, he came back home and he heard the news that she, uh, people had seen her floating away into, into the sky. And then he was really, really sad. And he missed her a lot. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, because, like, you know, his wife's just gone and disappeared just like that. Onto the moon. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, Ho Yi wanted to still try and pay his respects to her. And her being on the moon, she was lonely. And the moon was the only other thing that was in the galaxy that was as cl- that was close to the earth and so he was you know being there she can't she could no longer come down but at least the the moon would be able to radiate towards the the earth at least you know for half the day so like you know in the evening and according to certain stories there was a jade rabbit on the moon as well and um so there's no explanation as to how the rabbit got there yeah, it's just the rabbit there. I'm not 100% sure. There, is, uh, there are other m- stories about why there's a jade rabbit. I don't know that version of the story. Um, but the moon being the closest point on Earth, she would still be able to, I guess, try and be as close to her as possible. Uh, and she she was lonely, she, except for having the rabbit with with her. And Ho-Yi being really sad, he prayed to that Chang'e would one day come back to him. And in offering that prayer, uh, he would he put a, a table underneath, uh, outside, underneath the moon, when it was full moon, when it was the 15th day of the eighth month of the lunar calendar. And he filled the table with a lot of food and offerings to her. And he prayed to her. And uh, other people saw that. And they saw that he was revering the moon and the moon he was he was revering the moon and people including him came up with an idea to make these uh moon tanks to show their respects to pay their respects to her um for her sacrifice and her memory and to keep it there forever so uh, that's why there is a moon cake today so there you have it there's an explanation of why we have Moon Festival, Mid-Autumn Festival, and the significance of that to peoples in Asia and also across the world as well. Thank you so much, Davo, for enlightening us with um, how Mid-Autumn Festival and Moon Festival came about. I understand, obviously, this is a festival that mostly Asians, particularly East Asians, celebrate, but to all listeners out there who want to know more about you know, East Asian culture, uh, this is a great way to celebrate it by eating mooncakes 
uh, looking up to the full moon and remembering this wonderful love story between uh, a famous archer and his wife. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I know it's a bit late now, but yeah, next year, once before Mid-Autumn Festival, be sure to stock up, visit your local Chinese grocery store and stock up on the um, the huge variety of mooncakes that they have to offer. Hey there, listeners. We hope you're enjoying our episode right now. Please stick around. More exciting content to come. Hmm. I don't know about you, Steve, but all this chat of food is making me a bit hungry. It is. And yeah, like, you know, um, my favorite mooncake is a double yolk red bean mooncake. My second favorite is, yeah, my second favorite is probably the lotus. So, you know, there you go. But usually, like I said earlier, these things can be quite oily and oftentimes, um, you know, I don't eat a whole mooncake by myself in one go. Oh, of course not. I would often just cut it up and share it with, with family. But what happens is, like, I would cut it up and I'll take a few bites and I eat it with my hand and, you know, like, it's really, really tasty meal. But um, I'm just thinking, you know, like, I finish eating this, I finish eating this mooncake and these days I have a lot of hand sanitizer lying around in my house because of COVID-19. And I was thinking, oh, like I just, I, should, I can just put some hand sanitizer on and get rid of the oil, and that should be good, right? Like it's, it's got hand sanitizer's got um alcohol in it, seventy percent alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. Do you think that's enough? Like, do you think if I just um used hand sanitizer after I ate mooncakes, do you think that would be enough to clean my hands, or do you think I should actually wash my hands? Honestly, mate, hand sanitizer can clean your hands, but. If you're able to wash your hands with soap and water, do that, because that is still the most effective way of cleaning your hands. Sure, but why? As in, why washing your hands is a more effective way of cleaning your hands than simply using hand sanitizer? Yeah, yeah. It's a really good question, mate, because using hand sanitizer to clean your hands is a lot easier to wash your hands than with soap and water. Because think about it. For hand sanitizer, all you need to do is to get a dollop of sanitizer onto your palms, rub it all over your hands, and that's it. Whereas hand washing requires you to find a sink and a basin, rinse your hands with water, apply soap or hand wash onto your hands, then rinse your hands again and dry. Sounds a lot less easier to do than hand sanitizing, especially if you're not at home and outdoors. However, the health recommendation is for us to always wash our hands using soap and water first and only hand sanitize if hand washing is not possible because believe it or not hand sanitizing does not clean your hands entirely really why is that well firstly we need to explain how hand sanitizer cleans our hands and what it isn't effective against as you may know it is a liquid or gel substance that consists primarily of alcohol ranging from 60 to 90%. The rest of the sanitizer is composed of water, which acts as a carrier for the ingredients, and then various other things like emollients, polyacrylate, base, colors, and fragrance. The alcohol in the sanitizer is primarily responsible for killing the germs, which it does so by breaking apart the coatings of the bacteria and viruses on your hands and then rendering them inactive. Ah. Yeah, so the thing is, it doesn't actually kill or germs because some 
bacteria and viruses cannot be broken down by hand sanitizer. So one example is the norovirus, N-O-R-O, norovirus. Sounds really evil. It does. It sounds very ominous. And it is because it's responsible for serious diarrhea. Oh, God, my worst enemy. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's really bad. So definitely not a good thing to have in your system. Uh, the thing is, norovirus consists of a heavy casing around it called capsid, and that actually prevents uh, the hand sanitizer from breaking that down and rendering it inactive. Oh. Yeah, so that's one of the examples of which um, hand sanitizer doesn't actually kill the germ. Okay. Another thing is that hand sanitizers are also ineffective against pesticides and other harmful chemicals. Studies have shown that using hand sanitizer actually doesn't remove these harmful chemicals or pesticides from your hands, and that when that happens, hand washing with soap and water will remove those instead. And most importantly, it doesn't actually remove physical germs, dirt, and grime on your hands that hand washing will remove because hand sanitizer is just a gel that you put in your hands. It's not actually, you know, something that's running along your hands that's washing things off. Right. Okay. So then um, that means that when I put a hand sanitizer on my hand, it's more or less just um, using the alcohol to try and kill whatever um, germs can be killed by alcohol. Um, And you're saying that Essentially, not all germs can be killed by alcohol, and also um, it doesn't get removed from the skin itself. Yes, that's correct. Once it renders those uh, cells inactive, though, it, it does. It is safe. Uh, like your hands are clean, so it's still useful. Hand sanitizer. It just doesn't remove all types of germs, uh, but it's obviously useful for COVID nineteen. Otherwise, the government would not recommend us use hand sanitizer. Okay. So now let's talk about why hand washing is the best option for cleaning your hands. Yeah. So with hand washing with soap and water, it is different in that it is not killing the germs off the hands per se, but more so removing them from your hands. Hand soap have these things called surfactant molecules, which are basically compounds that lower the surface tension of water and break down molecular barriers of anything on your hands. Sounds a little bit scientific, right? But simply put, these surfactants on the soap make your hands slippery, which actually makes it harder for dirt, grime, and germs to stick onto your hand. So essentially, soap helps you pull off any debris and germs that are on your hand. And then, yeah, obviously you're not using soap alone. So when you're using soap with water, the water just finishes the job by rinsing all that crap out and into the drain. Okay, right. So let me ask you a question then. My question to you then is, um, so the, 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 the hand wash itself then, um, does it actually have different properties? Like let's say, you know, a, a soap or hand wash. Does it, actually, does it have different uh, properties from a bottle of hand sanitizer? Like what would, for instance, if I used a bottle of hand sanitizer and then run, ran my hands underneath Uh, running water, would there be a difference between doing that or using soap? Uh, Mate, that is a good question. And simply put, yes, they are both different. So as I mentioned earlier with hand sanitizing, the alcohol in the hand sanitizer renders the bacteria and viruses inactive. 
Whereas with soap, it is essentially not killing the germs per se, but lifting them off your hands and then rinsing it away with water. So think of hand sanitizing as killing the germs on your hand, whereas soap is more removing the germs off your hand. Ah, that's interesting. Okay, I didn't think about it that way. To be honest, whenever I clean my hands, I I sometimes think of the same thing. Like, you know, why can't we just use hand sanitizer all the time? Because hand sanitizer is so convenient. You can carry it everywhere with you. Um, and you just have to dabble some on your hands and then just rub it on your hands, right? I think this is a very important lesson to all listeners that if you need to ever clean your hands, uh, always find a place where you can uh, wash your hands with soap and water. Uh, but obviously, to better protect ourselves, you need to wash your hands properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I found a hand washing guide on the healthdirect.gov.au website where their hand washing technique is as follows. So firstly, wet your hands with running water, then apply soap to cover all of your hands, then rub your hands together for at least 20 seconds, making sure you cover all surfaces. That includes the back of your hands and in between your fingers. Then afterwards, rinse the soap off with water, turn the tap off, obviously, and then dry your hands thoroughly with a paper towel a hand towel or an air dryer, depending on what they have. This also applies to hand sanitizer as well. So a big problem is a lot of people don't let hand sanitizer dry after they rub it on their hands. It is very important that you let it dry first by rubbing it thoroughly on your palms and all around your hands and then letting it dry in order to let the hand sanitizer take full effect. Okay, I'll make sure I I remember that so that um, when I need to, let's say, clean my hands, I'll do that. Um, I'll do it in a very a methodical and comprehensive order. Um, yeah. Mm, okay, that, that's good to know. Um, so next time when you're eating mooncakes, just remember to wash your hands first, but preferably with soap and water. What I think I might do next time I finish my mooncake is I'll put some hand sanitizer on it and sniff it a bit because it smells nice. And then I'll go and wash it with soap and then I'll rinse it off with my hand, with my um, with with running water, and then I would be one hundred percent protected from all germs, including COVID. Right, mate. I don't think the germs would stand a chance if you did all three together. Yeah. Oh, and also, um, yeah, like I'll have a shot of vodka as well, and that would kill any germs in my my stomach. Yeah. Always trust the Russians, mate. If we don't get them, the Russians will. Yeah, that's right. That is absolutely spot on. Yeah. Well, thanks for the hygiene tips. Steve, I think um, this this time around, I'm a lot more confident in surviving uh, both, you know, uh, f- you know, food, food uh, viruses from food as well as viruses that are in our society. So yeah, I feel a lot more confident. No worries, mate. I uh, I care about you. I don't want you to get sick. Yeah, because if I got sick, and if you, if if you or I got sick, it would be the end of the Y factor, and I would be very sad. Yeah, if if one of us dies or if both of us dies, then yeah, it will definitely be the end of the Y Factor podcast. Yeah, and the Y Factor will never die. That's a good rhyme. That's a good rhyme, mate. The Y Factor will never die. The Y never dies. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, why does the Y never die?
keep the why alive. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> uh, you, uh, if any listeners out there have any suggestions on uh, any any other rhyming taglines we can use, feel free to um, send us an email or drop a yeah drop a friendly tip. We would be very happy to have your submissions and to receive any amazing suggestions you might have. Our email is located in the show notes below and it is whyfactorpodcast at outlook.com. That's it. Sweet. So thank you to all our listeners for tuning into our episode today. We hope you enjoyed it and we look forward to having you next time. Bye for now, everyone.